You're tuned into 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley. My name is Tesla Munson, and this is The Graduates, the interview talk show where I speak with UC Berkeley graduate students about their work here on campus and around the world. Today, I'm joined by not one, not two, but three students from performance studies here on campus. It's performance studies, right? Yes. Yeah, you can yes. say yes. yes. <laughs> you guys are live. Um, so, well, maybe I'll solve this problem by having you introduce yourselves because we got three of you. So, uh, Marta, why don't you give us just a little description of who you are and why you're here today? Yes, thank you. Um, hi, I'm Marta Ralazzo. I'm a graduate student in the Performance Studies PhD program here on campus. And I'm also a playwright and one of the directors of the new play reading series. Awesome. And we're definitely going to hear about the new play reading series more during the course of the episode. But uh, now, Kim. Yes. Hi, I am Kim Richards. I'm also a third year PhD student in performance studies, which is in the Department of Theater, Dance and Performance Studies and a fellow director of the Contemporary Drama Working Group. And hi, I'm Josh Williams. Thanks so much for having us. Um, I'm also a PhD student in performance studies. Uh, writer, director, and also involved in the new play reading series. Awesome. Well, thank you, all three of you, for making the time to come in. Um, I should ask, I'll start off by asking, so performance studies, is that exclusive to drama, or do you guys have other aspects of performance in there? Well, performance studies sort of explodes the idea of theater and thinks about it outside of the traditional like theater institution. So we're uh, a department and a sort of discipline committed to thinking about performances in the everyday life and how theatrical activities take place um, in all sorts of other settings. So will this include music or is it exclusive to like, I don't know, non-musical theater? There are some people who work on music. There are some people who work on dance. There are some people who still continue to work on theater. Uh, I think the performance studies uh, umbrella is just a more capacious way of thinking about performance, as Kim says, as it takes place in everyday life, not just in, in these obviously aesthetic settings. So it ends up being a kind of a rubric that we use to talk about a lot of things from uh, the law to government to politics. And then again, of course, never neglecting the theater, music, um, dance, and so on. But when you say in, uh, you know, like in everyday life, does that mean only contemporary life? Or are there pieces that are focused more on the past? I mean, certainly there is a whole branch of performance studies that is focused on the history of performance or performance in different moments of history, both in and when looking at aesthetic aesthetic kind of uh, objects and what we might think of as theater or what we might think of as dance, but also when looking at other forms of performance that could be maybe rituals or religious performances, for example. That's a pretty interesting example. I wouldn't have uh, gravitated to that one immediately. Can you say one more sentence about that? <laughs> what do you mean by ritual performance? Well, the dimension of the performance dimension, right? For example, when you're thinking about uh, marriage, right? And thinking of marriage as a religious ritual that is scripted in some ways and that requires it to be performed in order for it to take place, right? And so you could study, in performance studies, you could look at how that is a performance, uh, um, social performance, an everyday performance, and kind of read that dimension of it. Awesome. Well, can you each just tell us really briefly how you got involved in performance studies? Was it, you know, running around in your backyard when you were five years old, putting on plays or more recent discovery? Well, for me, I've always been very interested in playwriting. In the, in the discipline, I am someone who looks at theater objects and has a theater background. 
I studied playwriting um, in Mexico, and then I studied um, a master's degree in theater studies. And I find that performance studies is a way to think a little bit beyond theater studies only and think about maybe other dimensions of performance as well. So my background is very theater heavy as a practitioner and in my research as well. What about you, Kim? Uh, my background was in English literature, although I just found myself more and more gravitating towards theater as a public forum in which not only were there interesting like literary aspects and you know big questions about the world being posed, but that the nature of coming together in a theater uh, was just became more interesting for me to think about than sort of reading literature very individually. And performance studies sort of takes that a step further, as Marta said, to let us borrow and engage with theories from a lot of other uh, disciplines to help us think through the real um, issues of what it means to come together and speak politically and engage critically with issues of importance. So my background, like Marta's, is in actual theater making. So I'm a working playwright, a working director. Um, I also have a background in fiction writing. And I did my undergrad in comparative literature and also a master's degree in comparative literature. But for the PhD, I decided to switch over to performance studies because I really felt that most of my creative work was happening on the theater side. And I've always felt that engaging in uh, historical, academic, theoretical conversations about theater and about um, the world more generally has informed my writing. So trying to kind of balance those two sides of my work from the creative side and the academic side, Berkeley just seemed like a really good space to try and do that. Okay, so this isn't a devil's advocate question, but it might be a little, I don't know, I don't know what you're going to say. But so, okay, so I'm a scientist, right? And, and biologists get PhDs for a very specific reason in that we want to continue in academia and, and be faculty uh, and do research. What about performance studies? Is there, what's the motivation for getting a PhD in performance studies? I guess like my first response to that um, is actually a sort of like broader disciplinary one. And I think that it's always interesting to talk to scientists and social scientists to sort of take up the project of finding solutions to problems in a way. And in the humanities, one of the things that I like to think about is actually of being someone who whose job it is to ask questions and to explore questions and to raise questions. But maybe I'll let my colleagues talk more specifically about performance studies in those terms. Yeah, I think uh, certainly it's a research degree and we're also being trained to, to work at a university as researchers, as professors and so forth. Um, and I think that's definitely an important part of the training that we're getting. I think also, as Kim says, there's a lot about, there's, a very important element in training us as critical thinkers. And those are skills that can be employed beyond academia. Those are certainly skills that are needed to be employed beyond academia. And for us, I think not only in the arts, but in other ways and in other spaces of dis important decision making in the world, and, and that it is actually very important to have this knowledge and this understanding of not only performance and its relevance, in how we construct ourselves, how we justify a lot of the things that we do, how we normalize a lot of the things that are just there being normalized. And I think that certainly, this is a very vague answer of what you do with this degree later, but in terms of the critical skills and of, of really opening up questions, questioning 
the way that things are being done, why they're being done, who they're being done for. Um, that is something that is certainly a skill that can be very useful in many different places. I would second what Martha and Kim are saying, but I would also add on a more practical level that the market, none of us really know what jobs we're going to get because the job mar academic job market is pretty tricky, particularly for people in the arts and the humanities. But I think ideally there are a lot of positions out there in the arts and humanities where you're affiliated with a university, you're a university professor, you're teaching classes and conducting research, but you also have space um, within the terms of your employment to make theatrical work or make artistic work. So a lot of our professors also direct shows with undergraduates in our department. They also make work off campus. So I think for a lot of us, the enticement of a, of a training in performance studies is is to get, certainly for me, is to get to get a position like that in which I can continue to do the creative work in a setting in which maybe worrying so much about the box office uh, is not such a pressure and I can focus on making the kind of work I want in a collaborative setting with students and colleagues um, that would be different if I had gone for a master's of fine arts degree or went straight into the arts without also having this academic component. Okay. Well, one last question before we uh, move on to the new play reading series, which is what brought us all here. If someone could maybe just give us a little bit of a sense of what what is the daily life like for a performance studies graduate student? I mean, are you writing every day? Are you teaching? You know, what is that like? I mean, you're not in a lab, so <laughs> that's about as far as my knowledge extends. Yeah, so we, we, we read a lot. We write a lot. We talk amongst ourselves. Uh, we teach, particularly, I think, starting in our third year, we teach, we either teach classes that are larger lectures taught in the department by faculty and we GSI, we support those classes, or we teach reading and composition classes, the RNC classes at the lower level writing courses as well. And I think something that's very interesting about our degree is that most of us take a lot of classes in other departments and in other disciplines. And so um, although there are core requirements in the department for graduate students, a lot of our coursework happens in other departments. So there's a lot of interaction and communication with people and faculty in other departments as well. Our program is also set up so that in our fourth year, we have a year to go and do field work. So because there's sort of an anthropological um, basis to our program and an understanding that students will likely need to do archival research or ethnographic field work or follow artists around the world and spend time with them and to understand their creative processes, uh, we have a year in which to do that sort of primary field work, which is maybe sort of more akin to the like working in the lab that scientists would do. Yeah, I would say really the only difference between us and other students in the social sciences and the humanities is that sometimes after having a day of reading and writing and working in the library, teaching your classes, you might also in the evening have a rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So you've sort of finished your day of academic work and then you go into the space with undergraduate students or with fellow grad students or with professional artists and you are working. I mean, of course, that doesn't happen all the time. It's not as if we're really doing two careers at the same time, although sometimes it feels that way. But there are times when most of the people in the program are engaged in some aspect of the production apparatus of the department or even engaging in artistic um, projects with, with fellow artists in the Bay Area more generally. So pretty long days then. I would say <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 I would say so. Okay, and this is totally a tangent, but since Kim mentioned anthropology just briefly, and so my my undergrad and masters are both in anthropology, I wrote for my undergrad thesis actually I wrote my paper on cave art 
in Europe, and so Lascaux and Chauvet, and they've had some movies about these, and one of the theories that they had for why that art existed was that it was a performance space, and that they would paint on the walls, and people would join their underground, and like the light flickering and the noises of the cave would create this huge, you know, community performance space, so uh, I don't know, just... I thought that was interesting, like connecting uh, disciplines like that. You're but... secretly a performance theorist. <laughs> Maybe in my past life. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Graduates here on Calix 90.7 FM. My name is Tesla, and today I'm joined by Marta, Kim, and Josh from Performance Studies. And the reason that they're actually sitting here today is to tell us a little bit about the new play reading series, which is a program here on campus. It's been around for a couple of years now, right? And Josh, you actually helped to found this program, correct? Yeah, so in 2012, uh, a colleague of mine in the Performance Studies program, Takeo Rivera, and I had this idea to start a series of new play readings, uh, which essentially means that we invited playwrights to the Berkeley campus to work on new pieces that they were in the process of developing or, play, or pieces that they had done a draft of and they weren't necessarily sure where they were going with it. Because one of the really hard things about being a working playwright is to find opportunities when you're still developing new work as in when you haven't gotten the resources and the actors and the director and so forth committed to do a full production. Before you get to that point, you need a lot of time to develop the piece, and it's really helpful to hear actors read through what you've written and see what works and what doesn't. So Takeo and I are both working playwrights. We both knew a lot of people in the playwriting community in the Bay Area and, and abroad, and we thought it would be great to have writers come. We would do a monthly uh, event where we would read one of these these pieces that were in progress and just and do a public reading where we would give feedback to these writers. Um, so it started out very informally. We got some money from our department, Theater, Dance, and Performance Studies, and from the Townsend Center, and we started uh, what's called the Working Group uh, under the rubric of the Townsend Center funding, now called the Contemporary Drama Working Group, and then we presented this series of events, which we called the New Play Reading Series. It's all you know, fairly obvious why we called it that. And for the first year, it was a really kind of ragtag operation where we didn't have the actors necessarily. We always had to scramble to, to make things happen. But over the years, it's gotten more institutionalized and, and more integrated into the production season of our department. Okay, so playwriting, play reading, basically two sides of the same coin. And that um, playwriting is where you're actually producing the work, writing it. And then, so you bring them here and you have students read what they, so it could be a lot of different parts or just a single part, but basically just acting out this production that they're in the process of writing. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the great things, one of the ways that, that we pitched the program to the department originally was that this was a great way to expand opportunities for undergraduate actors without having to commit a lot of resources. Basically what happens is the playwright sends a few weeks before the event, they send us their whatever they have of their script. We figure out how many actors we need and we distribute that script. We maybe have one or two rehearsals. There's no real question of the actors memorizing their lines or getting very deep into their characters, which is obviously a very time-intensive process. This is more just a kind of in-the-moment approach to the script who is hopefully useful to the playwright. One of the, the pluses of doing it that way is that you can really radically expand the number of pieces that are being seen and being talked about here in Berkeley without having to spend a whole lot of money on sets and costumes and, and so on. So how do you go about... Uh, finding these playwrights? I mean, how do you recruit them to come to Berkeley? Well, it it really varies. We, we like keeping a balance in terms of each season, having playwrights that are more established playwrights or playwrights that are coming from out of town, from other parts of the country, and then people who are in-house playwrights. So uh, this 
uh, last semester, the fall semester, for example, we opened our season with a, a new play by Philip Congatonda, who is an extraordinary Asian American playwright in the U.S., a really important figure for the theater in the U.S., and also a professor in our department. So it was a great opportunity to have that. And really, we try to create this balance with playwrights that we know that are going to be in town, that are in the Bay Area, or people uh, in other departments on campus who would want to workshop things as well. And last fall as well, for the first time, we brought an international playwright, which was an exciting event. We invited um, Latina Canadian playwright Carmen Aguirre to do a reading of uh, her most recent play. And yeah, you, so usually it really it really is the, the part of this network of playwrights, uh, people who are doing, we know are doing interesting things. And another thing that's very important to us is we believe that by bringing playwrights who are of a diverse background, we're going to create opportunities for a diverse community of students that is really truly representative of our campus. So that's that's been a key thing for us as well. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, but you, you pretty much already answered this, but you know what it, you, we talk about performance and anthropology and ideas. And so what would be the benefits of having diverse playwrights? I mean, I mean, it seems like a pretty simple answer, but that's because we're all sitting here in Berkeley. And so we think about this all the time. But um, maybe if you wanted to just say like one more little blurb on that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely true that when we create these spaces and we've seen it in the place, you know, if we want to talk about certain experiences, what it is to be writing from a certain social experience, you know, a playwright of color is going to do this playwright that I mentioned, Carmen Aguirre, she was a Chilean exile in Canada. And if we're going to have someone writing about those experiences, it makes sense to have it be her, right? And it seems particularly at this moment in history, really important to create those spaces for a Chilean refugee in North America to be talking about her experience. And automatically, her play requires Spanish-speaking actors, requires people who may be actors who maybe have been through similar experiences. And we're creating those spaces and we're really invested in creating those spaces for those students to be able to perform roles that really align much better with their own life experience in a way that maybe they don't encounter in other maybe more mainstream plays. And one of the reasons that I joined the series was because I was really excited about the uh, talkbacks, the sort of question and answer periods that we have following the re public readings of the plays. And during those spaces and periods, we have the playwright on stage with either a faculty member or another graduate student and they have a sort of conversation between themselves about sort of major issues arising from the content of the play. And then we open up the floor to like larger discussion with the audience members and members of the cast as well. And so not only are we staging pieces that have interesting issues being dramatized and worked through in sort of aesthetic ways, but we also have this forum after the event to grapple with those issues ourselves and continue on the conversation. I'd also just say really quickly that I, I completely agree with what Martha and Kim are saying and the responsibility that we have to our students to give them opportunities to explore maybe their own life experiences or stories that seem closer to, to what they themselves have experienced. I'd also say that that goes for the playwrights that we invite as well. I'm very proud that we've we've had a, a lot of playwrights on the Kilroy's list, which is a list of underproduced women playwrights that gets put out every year. Uh, we've had 
writers, you know, indigenous playwright, uh, trans playwright, playwrights of color, lots and lots of women playwrights. And that's not simply a question of, of ticking off boxes and making our season seem diverse for the sake of it being diverse, but more A, that these are stories that don't always get told, and B, these are playwrights that are often structurally excluded from the so-called mainstream U.S. theater. They don't necessarily get the opportunities to develop their work or produce their work, and it's very lonely and very discouraging for them. And if we can do our small part to bring them here, give them some student actors and a couple days to work on their piece, hopefully that can support them and empower them to continue making this really vital work that for some reason other theaters aren't always interested in. No, definitely. Well said, all, all three of you. And Kim just briefly mentioned why she why she likes the new play reading series so much. I mean, I know that you mentioned that Josh and Marta have both written things that have been uh, performed there. So um, how was that? And are you directing anything that's that, that's there? I mean, is there direction or is it just the reading? Can you go into that a little more? Sure. So we sort of take turns directing the pieces. Some people come in with a lot more theater background and have a lot of skills. Like Josh has directed a main stage piece for the theater and performances like season. But it's also a great opportunity for people like me to step into the production process and also have that sort of experience. And you just directed our last our last piece of the fall semester. The last piece of the fall semester was a play by our, our fellow grad student, Christian Nagler, and uh, Family vs. Family, and Kim. That was her uh, our new play reading series directing debut. Oh, congratulations. Ah. Um, I guess we should get into like the nitty-gritty details, too. You, you mentioned an audience. Does that mean this is open to the public? Yeah, so the, the play readings are free and open to the public. We... Free and open to the public. Those are yeah. two great uh, yeah. phrases. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> continue. And but yeah, it's great. Everyone come. Um, and they our seasons are we have four plays per semester per season once a month. So although the readings are open to the public, the cast, the company that we cast is cast with students. So which basically means that we hold auditions at the beginning of the semester. This semester uh, auditions will be January 19th, 20th and 21st. By this point, we have a sense of how many people we need. And if sometimes playwrights have requirements, as I said, we need a student who speaks uh, an actor who speaks Mandarin or we there are certain requirements, sometimes casting requirements. And so we cast a company of maybe between 15 and 18 students. And from that company, we will cast all of the plays. So because some plays might only have like one or two actors required while others might. What's like the maximum acting or like cast size for one of these play reading series? We did a play, actually one of the plays that I helped direct, co-wrote a couple years ago that used the entire company for one reading. So it was something like 15 or 16 actors Then we doubled them up because it's this huge period ensemble piece um, but usually it's more like five or six actors per piece and we tell our students that they will they will always get an opportunity every semester that they're cast in our company they'll have an opportunity to be in at least one of the public readings so there's there's that guarantee that they will get some public performance experience over the course of the semester because part of the objective as well of the reading series is of course to help playwrights workshop new pieces and so forth but also to teach student and student actors what is required of a play reading for a lot of these actors and for a lot of professional actors 
play readings will be an important part of their career. And it's important to get that training and it's important to learn how to take that step. And so for us, it's also an opportunity to provide students with some of that training. And one of the issues that students increasingly are facing, especially those in the Bay Area, is just the cost of living and like the need to be working additional jobs on top of being a, a full-time student. And so the play reading is a relatively like low-demand commitment in terms of its time. Uh, and energy. And so sometimes students who might not be able to commit to a multi-week rehearsal process are able to join us for the series because there's a little bit more flexibility in terms of scheduling. Awesome. So students performing open and free to the public where it happens on campus, right? Yeah. Most of our readings are in uh, Durham Studio Theater, which is in the, the basement of Dwinnell. Um, occasionally, we have readings based on space availability issues. We have readings in Zellerbach Room 7, which is in the basement of the Cal Performances Building. But if you go to our website, berkeleycdwg.com, uh, there'll be all the information about where and when the readings will be so that you can attend. Yeah, you preempted my question. I was just about to ask, where can we find this information? Okay, Berkeley CWDG. CDWG. Oh, okay. Because it stands for Contemporary Drama Working Group. Okay, berkeleycdwg.com. Yes. Contemporary Drama Working Group. Okay, I got it. So then I assume that is where we might find the list of performances for this spring semester. Yes, absolutely. That's all up there. And you can also learn more about auditions and the playwrights that are visiting. We do a little a feature on each of the playwrights that we're having come to campus before they arrive, so you can learn a little bit about what the piece is going to be about. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter for updates on what we're doing. And I know we don't want to give away too many details about the surprise of the lineup, but were there, are there any holes you've been trying to fill, any like certain types of playwrights that you've been trying to attract to this series? Or you guys have already done all the diversity, faculty to students, you've got the whole range of everything. Well, one thing I'm very interested in as a Mexican playwright is, of course, the opportunity to invite playwrights who are from Latin America, who write in other languages, which is what makes it tricky, because I think it's just so interesting to, to learn of different theater cultures and different theater making genealogies and so forth. And so we're considering bringing a translator and a playwright in the next seasons at some point to be able to workshop a translation of one of these plays and because that's that's also a type of play development that requires its own kind of workshopping space the the translation of theater and seeing how moving one play from one language to another from one country to another changes its requirements right so that's that's something that we're looking forward to thinking about yeah and as we're getting to the end of our time here because it goes by really quickly uh, i should ask do you guys have any advice for younger students or students earlier in their career who are thinking about performance or theater? What what advice would you give to them? I would say don't wait for opportunities. I think that one of the things that younger actors in particular, but also just artistic people of all stripes, can fall victim to is they wait for someone else to set up an opportunity for them to do what they want to do. I, I think that the example of the new play reading series, um, not to toot our own horn, but we saw this kind of gap and we filled it and we, we figured out how to do that. And as I said, the first year was very hard scrapple. We, we didn't have a system in place and it was kind of catch as catch can. 
but that's how a lot of really exciting art gets made. So I would say if you're just starting out and you aren't getting cast in things or you're not getting your work included in, in a journal or, or put up in a gallery or, or what have you, make your own opportunities. Put it up on the internet, curate your own show, have people over to your house to read your play if you know you don't have another opportunity. And I think that Berkeley has a really great culture of people being really kind of tenacious and making their own work happen. But I, I think it bears repeating because often we sit around waiting for that break, but most people end up making their breaks for themselves. So come audition for us January 20, 19th, 20th, and 21st. If you want specific information about the auditions, you want to go to the Theater, Dance, and Performance Studies webpage. That's tdps.berkeley.edu. And you can go on there and find out all the information you need on where the auditions are and what time and all the requirements as well. And we'll also post it on our own website and on Facebook and whatnot. So you'll you have plenty of opportunities to get the information you need. And that one was berkeleycdwg.com. Exactly, yes. <laughs> Got it, yes. Well, what else? Do we leave anything out? Is there anything else you guys definitely want to tell us about the new play reading series? I, yeah, I would just like to mention that although there's three of us here, there are five of us who are part of the directing team. Um, Miyoko Conley, who has been involved in the series for as a playwright and then as a director for three years now, who is in Japan this year but still supporting the series, and Christian Agler, who was our last playwright in the fall semester and who, uh, along with Kim, joined us this semester. So. And that's been really gratifying for, you know, Takeo worked, as I mentioned, Takeo Rivera, my co-founder of the series, worked on the series for three years, and now he's finishing up his dissertation, so he's stepped back a little bit. I think this is probably going to be my last year as one of the directors, so it's been really gratifying to see people come and go, new grad students take ownership of this project, and we really hope that it will continue and become more and more a part of the life of our department and the university in general, even after all, all of us have graduated and a whole new generation takes over. Because it, it does really feel like we've just scratched the surface and we could keep doing this year after year. Okay, well, that's about it. Any last words? Now's, now's the opportunity. Nothing you want to say? No, like, artistic words of wisdom for the public? Like, Art is hard. Art is hard. And yeah. we need money. Are you sure? <laughs> I've seen those uh, exhibits where it's just like a paper towel roll on a box and they're like, art. So... It's good to remind us that art is it is hard. hard. Our previous, uh, one of our playwrights last semester said at one point that she did how many drafts of each play? 25? I think 25, yeah. 25 drafts before a play was ready. So. And these were notes towards a first draft yeah. that we were staging. Okay, so art is hard. We shouldn't think of you guys as all just like sleeping on the sidewalk, you know, not doing anything. Life is easy. And if you're an artist, it's okay if you're stuck and you're struggling because it's, it's hard. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Words of wisdom here from the new play reading series. Uh, so that's going to bring us to the end of The Graduates. My name is Tesla Munson. Today I've been joined by Marta Herrera, Kim Richards, and Josh Williams from Performance Studies here at the University of California, Berkeley. And they are all members and leaders in the new play reading series, which is going to be happening four times throughout the spring semester, four different performances. They're free. They're open to the public. You can find the schedule at berkeleycdwg.com. And uh, you can also audition uh, the 19th, 20th, and 21st of this month. And you said the theater department is where you would find those auditions. And uh, it sounds like it's a really exciting series with a lot of really different perspectives. And glad to have you guys here on campus making a little 
a little more interesting for everybody else. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on the thank show. You. No, thank you. I know how hard it is to get three people into the studio once. So uh, thank you. And uh, yeah, the graduates will be back in two weeks with another episode. But until then, stay tuned. You're listening to 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley.